Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. I've got a message for us fathers today, um, but it's for everyone, so grab hold of it as well. If you're not a father, take it. Take the message too. Um, and and it's, it's actually just, I was thinking about uh, me as a father and, and what legacy or how would I love to leave a legacy for my kids. And I realized that leg- legacy starts today. And one of the biggest legacies I'd love to leave for my kids is the legacy of joy, which I've received from God. And um, I just felt there was something on that. Leave a legacy of joy. And so whether you're a father or not, you can leave a legacy of joy. Uh, and, and I was just thinking through where we've come in, in the last couple of months. So just a quick re- recap again. But it kind of kick-started for me when God said, pack your bag with what you have to give for the day. So, so, f- so have a, a bias towards generosity. Have a heart of, listen, I've got something to give. I've got something to bring. We're just thinking about just having a bent towards generosity, having a bent towards bringing something to give. It doesn't mean I give more than I have. It just means I look at what I do have to give, and I'm available and ready to, 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 to meet needs wherever I go, um, according to, to my abilities. And, and then God started to speak to us about obedience, and, and with that comes a lot of wisdom. And so I was spending time reading about wisdom in Proverbs 14, and it speaks about an, a calm and undisturbed mind uh, and the heart that is life and health of the body, and that wisdom rests in the mind and heart of him who has understanding, and uprightness and right standing with God elevates a nation. Come on, that's a good word, right? Uprightness and right standing elevates, and, and I'm like, yo, this is all good stuff. And then Proverbs 15, it goes into into a into moving away from kind of a hard nature and it says a soft answer turns away wrath and the tongue of the wise utters um, knowledge rightly and in verse 15 it says all the days of the desponding are afflicted and made evil but he who has a glad heart has a continual feast and I read that and I, I realized it's like there's a missing puzzle piece in this picture. I, I can be all obedient. I can be all wise. I can be all knowing. I can have all the right answers. But if I don't have gladness, it doesn't count for much. How many of you have seen or have encountered people? I mean, it's not you. It's not your husband and wife, but they just know it all. Okay? Anyone in the you, Miller doesn't know. Okay. All right. Guys, that's how we interact. Okay. So if I ask a question, interact with me. <laughs> all right. And, and so we, know, we meet people who just like kind of know it all and they want to give you all the answers and, and tell you what to do. And, and the thing is they, they're, they're, they're heavy. And, and, and a lot of the times the world sees the church that way as this righteous pillar and, and you've got to do it right or else. And I realized it's ineffective unless we tap into the joy of the Lord and the gladness of the Lord. So there's something about wisdom and knowledge and obedience, but 
but like infused with joy and infused with wisdom. Ach, wisdom infused with joy, infused with, with gladness. If you are baking a cake of wisdom, it's going to flop if it doesn't have joy. And it doesn't have gladness. See, the world is going to receive wisdom that comes from the heart of joy, that comes from the heart of gladness. And it's a, it's a deep well that springs up. And, and the world's looking at us and they're going, yo, man, there really is joy in that place. I, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder where that joy comes from, where that, where that just that bubbliness comes from. And, and wait a minute, they actually know what they're doing. And, they, and, and they, they've got things sorted. And come on, we, we want to just tap into that wisdom. And, and if, if we're not wise without joy, we're, we're not wise at all. Does that make sense? So wisdom has to have joy in it. It's, it's a, a, a glad heart. It's, it's a missing ingredient. And Ezekiel 47 uh, just is in summary, I'm not going to read it, but it just speaks about the fact that there is a river that flows from the house of God. And wherever it flows, life flourishes. So there, as fathers, we've got to tap into a river. We've got to tap into a source. And there has to be a flow through us. And everything that our hand touches, every word that we speak, Everywhere we, where we go, we bring that river with us and life flourishes everywhere that we go. Isn't that amazing? It's not going to do that if, if there isn't joy. It's not going to do Joy is like that water that just bubbles up. It's what energizes it. You know, how many of you love photosynthesis? Anyone have biology at class? Okay. <laughs> Miller loves it. Miller, you, you know, understand. How many of you, ha- you know, how many of you remembered all the chemical processes in, in science and, and are like, yo, man, I love the way that chlorophyll, chlorophyll or whatever it is, uh, if I'm getting it right, and, and, and all the way that all the little stem cells and cells work. But all of that, it's, it's so intricate and it's like, and that's what wisdom is like, right? That oftentimes wisdom is like that. It's, it's just so intricate. But then water comes, and water makes it happen. Wisdom is there, but joy needs to come and make it happen. Gladness needs to come and activate it. Otherwise, it is not activated. Do you you see the picture? Can you feel it? You can have all the wisdom in the world, but if you don't tap into that stream, it's not going to be activated. The wisdom is going to be useless. It's going to dry out. Does it make sense? Okay. So, Proverbs 15, 15 says, All the days of the desponding. All. Say all. All the days of the desponding are afflicted with evil. Evil is the absence of the presence of God. Evil is being separated from the source. So if your heart is positioned to be despondent, then all your days will be evil. And then it says, by what? In the Amplified Bible, it describes that as as anxious thoughts and a sense of foreboding. So if you're not tapped into the stream of joy, and I want to speak specifically to fathers. 
If we're not tapped into the stream of joy, then anxious thoughts and a sense of foreboding will be what we see everything through on a daily basis. Even in the way that we raise our kids or respond to our wife in every area. Or wives, isn't this message just for everyone? But I was thinking in context of fathers. Me as a dad, I look at some things and I feel foreboding. I feel like, man, if, if our kids don't do it this way, we're going we're gonna to fail as parents. You know, my, you know, you start to think these things. And, and so God doesn't want us to be despondent. He wants us to tap into his presence, which is joy. But he who has a glad heart. Say but. Right. <laughs> a, some people are laughing from a previous message of mine. All right. I said I like big buts in the Bible. All right. I'm not going to go in that. There's, there's a statement and then there is a big but. And that big but brings in the truth of God. That big but says, but he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstance. If you have a glad heart, you have a continual feast. Every single day of your life is filled with gladness with joy. You look at things differently and, and your wisdom is activated. Now I want you to see obedience activated with joy. The kind of obedience we know is we're like, kids, I'm going to count two, three. And there is a sternness and there is a serious, how many of you know there's no joy when your dad starts counting? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I don't know why it's always two, three. I mean, I could be like, I'm going to count to 15. And I start counting, okay, <laughs> giving them lots of time to respond. But if, imagine, imagine if obedience was always a response to the joy that you brought into the home, to the gladness that you brought into the home. Imagine if wisdom activated in children was activated out of joy, out of hope. How would that change the way we do or see things? I often talk about a perspective change. We need to have a perspective. We can't control our kids into obedience. But we can lead them into obedience. And the one way we do that is by joy, through gladness, tasting of the goodness. How many of you know God is good? Okay. And that's, that's how he leads us into obedience. He's constantly leading us into obedience through joy. Okay. <clears throat> I want to go to Psalms 21. Here is an important revelation. Say, I love a good revelation. Can I tell your neighbor what a revelation is? Oh, no. <laughs> good. I like that. Solo says a fresh understanding. Okay, you with me? Psalms 21. This is David. Verse 6. Let me go to verse 1. It says, The king shall joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation greatly shall he rejoice. And then verse 6 says, You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request 
of his lips. Just think about that for a moment. Don't look at the board yet. Just think about, about uh, we can take that off for now. But just, just, just I'm going to get there. All right. Let's go back to, to verse 6. You have given him his heart's desires. Has God given you your heart's desires? No. Almost. Come on, speak with me. Has God given you your heart's desires? Some of them. No. Almost there. Anyone else? Me? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? A yes. More yeses. Can we have some more yeses? You don't have to give the right answer. Just, just honestly. Have you lived a life and you look back and God has given you your heart's desires? So here's David and he's saying, Bernadine's saying not all of them. <laughs> Yet. Okay. So she keeps believing, trusting. Me too. Okay. But I know till now God has given me my heart's desires. And have not withheld the request of our lips. Now he says, think about that. Sila, pause. Okay, so I'm going to just give us 10 minutes and we're going to think about that. Okay, so he's actually saying, think, that means you've got to go, okay, why? All right, say with me, why? Why has God given David his heart's requests? Okay, now, now I want you to think about how good God is, first of all. He, what did he give David? He has given him whose heart's desires? David's heart's desires. Okay, how many of you have desires that you disqualify because you don't think they came from God first? Anyone in the room? You go, I don't know if God wants me to have that, so I'm not going to ask for that. How many of you have been in that place? Okay, so we, we, we're sealing, we're pausing a bit, we, we're going back, we're going, okay, what did God give David? God's will or David's desires? Is that hard? Is that, are you, are you giving fresh revelation? What did God give him? His will or his heart's desires? Which one sounds like a fountain of joy? God's will or David's heart's desires? Both? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we're coming out of obedience. Obedience, our mentality of obedience has been wrong, church. Our mentality, our mentality of obedience has been, I will do whatever God tells me to do. Whenever he tells me to do it. And, and in a way that is right. But God is actually as a father saying, there's desires that I planted in your heart. These are little seeds of wisdom, little seeds of my nature. And if you don't, if you don't allow them to grow, if you don't allow them to generate, if you don't actually receive what I've already placed in you, it's not going to grow. It's, it's not, if you don't allow gladness and joy to, to allow that to, and so, so many people disregard what is already here and they're waiting for God's will. God, I will do whatever you, whatever you say. When you're getting married, bro, I don't know when God sends me a wife. When you're going to buy a house, no, when God, you know, gives me, and, and people have a poor perspective of God's will. God's will is for you to discover 
the desires that have already been placed in your heart. And to understand that you have a great inheritance, but you have a great identity because you've been made in God's image. These are things we say so often, but we don't actually stop and think about what it means. Okay, secondly, David says, um, for you have, uh, was I in the right verse, 21 verse 2, my apologies, all right. And you have not withheld the requests of his lips. Now, when your heart's desires come from the source of joy, then whatever you ask in God's name, he will not withhold that from you. And, and that's what I want to show on the screen, if we can put that up quickly. I, I just have an understanding of what it means to have joy and, and what it means to, to live in the presence of God. You see, we live in and are interacting in three different areas in our lives. Number one, we live in His presence. We live in the house of God's presence. That is your source. That's, that's what Ezekiel was talking about in 47. From the house of God's presence flows a river. And wherever that river goes, there is life. And, and God showed me, I'm just going to, God showed this to, to me in using Proverbs and, and um, using um, uh, just, I think it was Habakkuk. He was saying, you've got to build your field before you build your own house, right? That, that's in, in the Proverbs. So build your field before you build your house. In other words, work. <laughs> Earn an income and use what income you have to build your house. But then he says in, in Habakkuk, he says, don't build your house until you've established God's house in the nation. So in other words, we first have to host God's presence before we establish our home. And we first have to work in our fields before. We, so, so, so there's three areas. There is God's presence. There is God's house. There is our house. And there is my field, which is our community. Anyone? Is that, is that clear? And so we've got to be drawing from the source, source, which is God's house. We can't be drawing from anywhere else other than God's house. We can go to the next one. And so when, we, when we're drawing from the source, we're receiving from God in, revel, in, in relationship with God. And there, becomes one, there is one source in our life. There is no other source but God's presence. Anyone agree with me? Okay. So... We're talking, we're still sealing, right, in Psalms 21 verse 2. We're still sealing there, but, but here we go. So I'm, I'm drawing from one source, and I draw from my relationship that I have with my Father. And that's the only place I draw from, for my heart. I don't look anywhere else to an, any other source for the infilling of my spirit, for the filling of my heart. If I want my heart full and satisfied and filled with joy and love and hope and peace and grace, I go to one place, and that is the house of God's presence. I do not go 
anywhere else. And then in my home, so let's put it this way. I'm a dad. I'm a father. I want to be a good father. To be a good father, I go to my father and I draw from him. Then that conditions my heart. And in my home, in my marriage, in my, with my children, I am, I am, I've been conditioned. I'm pouring something out in my household. In my own home. God gave us our home, our family. Your close family is your home. Your husband or your wife, your children is your home. It's so important. God said it is, it is, it, a man must cleave from his father. It's a great mystery. But he must cleave. He must form his own home. So that his heart can be revealed. So that his heart can be conditioned. Someone say, is that good? You with me? Now, when I receive in relationship from the Father, I am committed to the Father. And let me say this. There is only one God. Which means there is only one source. And so we often say, yes, there's only one God. But sometimes our hearts are drawing from other things and from other places. The Bible says you call only, there is only one Father. Don't call any man on earth your Father because I am your Father. There is only one source and that is God the Father. Our God, one God, one source. Then our heart is conditioned. And then there is an outflow into the community. So, so there's, there's something that we can give to the community. Now, in church it's kind of funny because, number one, we come together to worship God, the source. But we also experience community and family in church. And you must differentiate. Am I coming to church to care with my friends and have coffee and draw from community? Or am I coming to draw from God, the source? Where am I drawing from? Who is my source? We've got to be able to, to, to differentiate. Okay, let's talk about joy. Next slide. <laughs> I receive joy from where? Where do I receive joy from? Come on, you guys, uh, you went to school back in the day, I believe, right? Anyone didn't go to school? Okay. Where do I receive joy from? From God the Father. You cannot receive joy from anywhere else but God the Father. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means it is something the Holy Spirit gives us. You can't joy is this deep, 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 deep sense of peace that can only come from being in God's presence. What you experience in your household, what God makes your, your God makes your heart glad, but the joy of the, whose joy is it? The Lord is your strength. So as, as I read through the Bible, I, I see joy pulled into, I see joy as a descriptor of God's nature towards us. 
and something that I receive from God only. I can only receive joy from God, from nowhere else. And then he makes, so, so let's just quickly read Psalms 21 verse 6. That's why I wrote 6 down. It says, for you make him to be blessed and a blessing forever. You make him exceedingly glad with the joy of your presence. So gladness and joy are two separate things. Gladness is something that flows from the presence of, uh, joy is something that flows from the presence of God. And gladness is what happens to your heart when it experiences the joy of God, the strength of God. So what is happiness? Happiness is the outflow of gladness into your community. Happiness is an outflow. Anyone heard a good joke? Anyone laughed? Yo, you guys are quiet. You, you promised your neighbor you're not going to be so quiet. <laughs> what happens when you laugh? Are you sucking air in or are you letting it out? <laughs> yeah, you must breathe in between. If it's a really good joke, you've got to breathe. All right. But <laughs> laughter is an outflow. It is when your body can't handle the goodness that's inside of it. It's a release of gladness. Come on. The joy of God can be strength. The joy of God can be peace. But it conditions your heart to be glad and happiness is an outflow. The thing about David is he was a king. He was a son. And he knew he had authority. He knew that his authority came from his obedience. He knew that his authority was given to him because he said yes to the anointing. But he also knew that authority meant nothing if he didn't tap into the joy of God. And if he didn't tap into the presence of God. And so chased into the caves and chased into the wilderness, his life wasn't overcome with despondency, with fear, or a sense of foreboding. But there in the caves, I can just imagine he was, he was worshipping. He was saying, come on guys, we've got the presence of God together. I know you guys brought swords and, and, and you know, pitchforks and things, but, but let's, make, let's make some music here in this cave. Let's, let's build up a sound of praise. Let's cultivate the heart of hope. Let's cultivate the heart of joy. And so he practiced, practiced, practiced pressing into the presence of God, tapping into his presence because he knew his very identity as king required the heart of joy. Your identity as a father requires the heart of joy. It's I have a community that I am in and I am more than able to give something that I've received from an incredible source. And so my happiness is an outflow of the condition of my heart. You see, the, the danger is, is, is that we look to the world 
for happiness. And so some people have looked to finances. Oh, if, if only our finances looked a little bit better, then my heart will be happy. If, if only I had four kids and, and, and not one. Or the other way around, maybe. <laughs> if only this church was 50,000 strong. If only I, you know, and if only, and if only, and if only, and if only. And, and we've listed these things, but do you realize that we're looking to the wrong source when you make those listings? Do you, do you realize that you're looking towards what should be an outflow to condition the heart when actually you should be looking to the source? Does that make sense? <laughs> I can take this principle through to... I, 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 I share this often. It's the same in our marriage. You know, if I look at my wife and I'm like, my wife will make me happy. How many of you know I ain't going to be happy? (laughs) I don't look to my wife for love. I look to God, my source for love, so that I can bring love into the marriage. So what are you looking to for your happiness? And, And I'm guilty of this. I've spent days on a perfectly good sunny day sitting on my bench. Kids are playing cricket. And there I sit with this face. And I'm like, lovey, do I always look like that? (laughs) And here I am thinking about some other thing that is supposedly going to make my heart happy. And I've forgotten to tap into the presence of God in the moment. Tap into the joy of God in that moment. Rather bring that joy into the household. So sometimes we do forget. Sometimes we do think of things we shouldn't be thinking of. But I want, to, I want to encourage you, whenever you feel like you're missing something, go to the source. Whenever you feel like, oh, my heart could just do with a little bit more happiness, say, I don't want happiness. I'm not going to settle for happiness. I'm not going to settle for gladness. I am going to settle for the joy of the Lord. There is a stat, and I don't know what the exact figures are, but and there, there is a cap, a limit to what you can receive from the world. You can, you can earn a better salary only up to a certain point before it stops making you more happy. The reason is what makes us happy is short-lived, and it has to be repeated often. And the more it is repeated, the less happiness effect it has on you. <laughs> So we form addictions and bad habits and we take on things that we shouldn't take on because we're looking to the wrong place for happiness. But with God, He can really fill your heart. <laughs> and he can really, he can really fill you to, to, the, to, to complete fullness. Blessed and fortunate is He who is kind and merciful to the poor. Now, I see the poor, but I also see a place where there can be an outflow. And God wants all of us to have rich and meaningful lives. And when you open up your life in your community, there is an outflow. There is an outflow, outflow, outflow out of your lives. Alrighty, I want to pray for three things today. And we can actually stand together. 
as we do that. Have you been encouraged by this? Is this the first time you've seen something like this or, or seen it this way? Let's just stand together. So we're going to pray for a release, a release in the house, a release to receive the fullness of joy so that your heart is filled with the very desires that God wants to give you. Someone say amen. Uh, all right. Now, there's three specific things I want to pray for. I want to pray for anyone who has given away their joy. And I want to pray that, that, that God will restore to you, and in each one of these areas, that there will be release and a restoration. But some of us have looked to the wrong source for joy. Some of us have looked to the wrong source for hope. And in a way, we have given away our joy. We've, t- we've said, there is God the source, but I'm, I'm looking to these things. And so each time we do that, we've, we've given away a little bit of our joy, our deep inner joy, which only comes from God. So I want to pray for every person who has perhaps given away their joy. Um, one of our schools, one of, our, one of Michael's teachers once said to Michael, Michael, no one can steal your joy. Joy is not something that can be taken it can be stolen from you, sorry, in, in, in a certain situation. But, but God, if you go back to him, he doesn't allow joy to be stolen from you. And, and so there is something that's, that, that I want to just pray into as well. If joy has been stolen from you, I want to pray that it is returned and restored to you. And then I also felt like there are some people that have forgotten what joy feels like. And I want to pray for those who have forgotten what joy feels like as well. Is that good? Can we just pray? Is there anyone specific in the room right now that said, I really need to be prayed for? Can you just put your hand up right now? If you just, if you just, just put your hand up nice and high. Keep your hand up. If you, if you feel, I really need to be prayed for right now. Okay. Just keep your hand up. Anyone else in the room? Anyone else in the room? Come on. Come on. Just respond to this. Just respond in this moment. Just respond. All right, I want, I want to ask that, that at least one person go to this person, put your hands on them, put your hands on their shoulders. Just, just come and surround them with the Father's love this morning, with God who brings joy, who brings hope. Just come right now. Just move around the room, find a place where you can really just bless someone. All right, Father, we want to pray this morning first for those who have given away their joy, those who have thought that, that God, you're not good enough to look after me. You're not big enough, you, you, or you are so big you don't know me and you don't know my needs. And so, Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that you will return the joy, the fullness of joy to their hearts now in Jesus' name. And, Father, what, they've, what they have given away, Father, will you, will you come and bring back and restore the ability to receive joy? In, in people that I just feel right now that some have given away their joy and they don't think they can ever receive it again. They don't think they're worthy of receiving it again. They feel embarrassed to come back and ask for more. But this morning God says there is more. There is in abundance. And, and He wants to say welcome back to the river of my presence. Welcome back to the stream of living waters. Welcome back. Your cup will overflow with joy and so I want to bless that person I want to pray for the person this morning who feels or or has experienced that in the past their joy was stolen through circumstance through through um, through situations that didn't turn out as planned 
perhaps as, as children, they were hurt in a specific way, um, forgotten. Um, <coughs> but I just want to pray over every person who has, who has had their joy stolen from them. And this morning, God the Father says, I have never let go of you. That joy has been poured out of my heart. And this morning, I want you to receive it. And so God blesses you with joy this morning. Come on. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will not succeed because God comes to give life and life in abundance. And so just see, he's pouring up a big jug of the oil of his presence over your life right now. And it is just flooding over the hurt. It is flooding over the pain. It is starting to boil. And there's a fountain that is just stirring up in your heart right now that has never stirred up before. Come on, no hurt can seal up the fountain of God. No hurt can block in that which God has placed inside of you. No person is big enough to counteract the goodness of God. No deed that against you, no word spoken over you, no thought thought over you can counter the thoughts of God, the greatness of God, the kindness of God, and the mercy of God. And so this morning, He's pouring out His joy over your life. And I'm praying this morning for, for those that have forgotten what it feels like to experience joy. And we've said, oh, I long back to the days of my youth. I long back to the days of freedom. I long back to the days where I didn't have to worry. And God is this morning saying, you do not have to worry. You do not have to fear. There is freedom in my house. There is joy in my house. There is a joy that is never ending in my house. So welcome back to the house of God. Welcome back to the presence of God. Do not forget what it feels like to experience my goodness. But from this day forward, your eyes, your heart will be changed to experience the presence and the goodness and the love of God. And God's saying, I bless you this morning with everything inside of me, with the fullness of who I am as a father. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I have not forgotten you. Come on, is that good? All right, and then there's just the joy in the house there. Some of us haven't forgotten. Some of us haven't been stolen. Some, I just pray that God multiplies the joy in our lives that we, that we have. That God will multiply the joy that radiates out of us. That there will be a release on every person this morning to experience the presence of God like they've never experienced the presence before. To experience the fullness of the Father like they've never experienced it. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.